You're listening to Out and Proud, a Fidelity Pride production. This podcast allows members of the LGBTQ plus community and those practicing active allyship to hear stories that support and empower folks being out and proud in the workplace and at the world at large. I'm your host, Joe Shaw. And on today's episode, I had the absolute pleasure of speaking to one of my coworkers and really good friends, Karen Verdugo. Karen is based here in our Westlake, Texas location, but has worked out of our Smithfield, Rhode Island location. And she and I got together to discuss her experience coming out and also how she recognizes and celebrates the holiday season in her own way with her family and her found family. Enjoy. thank you so much for stopping by out and proud today i'm very excited that you have taken some time with us and that you are here to share your story of course happy to be here i want you to walk me through some of your first memories of when you understood your lgbtq plus identity for yourself and then how that grew over time sure i'd love to um it's a it i was actually thinking about this in preparation for this recording. And um, to give a little background, I came out probably officially when I was 32. So I was fully formed, mostly formed adult, still learning, it's part of my journey. Um, And I really didn't know that I had to even question my sexuality. I grew up being in heterosexual relationships. I dated only men. And so it was just the fact of life. Like I knew I was going to end up with, you know, a husband at some point in my life. And around the age of 30, some early 30s, I was single and I was like trying to understand myself. Like, what do I like? What are the things that I enjoy doing? So I started taking salsa classes. I joined a team. I was dancing. I was being really extroverted, which I enjoy. And um, my poor best friend, (laughs) Nicole, shout out to Nicole. Um, She was kind of like my chaperone through all of this. And she's married to her beautiful wife, Jody. So I would just hang out with them all the time. I would be at their house and they had a ton of friends that were all part of the LGBTQ plus, you know, crew. And through that, I was just exposed to more and more people, really even questioned like, well, what is love? Why do I accept <laughs> these concepts of loves that of love that I've been given through my friends, my family, my culture? Um, and I during that time, I met Meg, Megan, who is now my fiance. And um, she was just a really cool chick. I just thought I would just vibe with her. I was like, yeah. she's really dope. Like she has all these tattoos and awesome hair she had like a really like cool aura to her and I was like maybe she's just like I really like her as a friend right and I was like we're gonna be besties and as time grew I kind of again was like well why do I only think about myself in this one dimension Mm -hmm. um and one day I remember her bringing a friend along (laughs) 
like a best friend, one of her best friends, and I didn't know who she was. And I was like, who is this? Who is this person? Mm. And I remember going home and having a conversation with uh, with Jody, my friend. And I was like, Jody, I don't know. I I think I was kind of jealous. <laughs> I was like, I, I think I'm jealous. I don't know what's going on. So that was like the first um, moment where I was like, wait a minute. Do I, do I like her? Yeah. Is it more than just a friendship? Right. So as that kind of um, evolved, that's where I was, I had more conversations like, well, I'm in my 30s. Like, does that, what am I going to do with this information? Should I tell <laughs> her? I should just like keep going. Like, we're just going to be friends. But obviously at one point I did tell her and now we're here six years later engaged. <laughs> Life happens. First of all, that's a beautiful story. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, you for sharing it. Of course. I think it's so relatable the discovering through jealousy phase, right? Yes. There's so (laughs) many people where it's, I didn't know, I was unsure, and then I felt this intense rush of jealousy and went, why is this happening? This feels strange and different, and I don't get it. And it's, well, it's it feels, quote unquote, strange and different because it's not the, and I'll say quote unquote again, standard way that people explain relationships historically um, in a very specific context. I think as the world continues to evolve and create spaces for all types of family formation, relationships, et cetera, that's becoming less and less common. Yes. But um, I think from a lot of the spaces that we grew up in, it really is still something where we're having to unwind a little bit of the learned way of sort of looking at relationship dynamics and understanding yes. where we individually and collectively fit in. Right. And I think it was a a moment in time for me where I was really asking myself, well, what do I need? Right. I... I'm the oldest of four of children in my family. My family came, you know, I was born in Colombia. We moved to the United States. I was the first one to speak English and translate. So I was always in this role of like supporting people and doing the things for people that people need for me. And I mean, still to this day, I'm working on boundaries. Um, so when I looked at relationships, I looked at them in that way. Like, this is my traditional role. This is what I do. This is what I'm supposed to do. And when I had that break where, you know, I, I, and, you know, we ended a a long-term relationship. I was like, what am I left with? Mm. And now I have these, the space to ask myself, who am I? Right. Not who my parents want me to be. Who does my partner want me to be? It's who do I want to be? And what can I do to keep doing more of that? Because I need to be happy on my own. So when I met her, I was in this really great space where I was feeling so whole alone. And I also think that changed the way that I looked at it because I wasn't looking for someone to fill a void or to fill something. Like I felt a whole person and she was like a whole person. Yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. Like I'm really enjoying this. Um, And then just getting to know her and, I mean, the, the second part of, <laughs> you know, acknowledging, telling her and, and like uh, us becoming a couple was, uh, I would say, probably the easy part because I did it behind closed doors right. where it was my friends knew, even some of my coworkers knew, but my family didn't know mm. because I wasn't ready <laughs> to yeah. have that conversation 
because I still needed time. Yeah. So, yeah. So speaking of your family, have you gotten to the point where you've been able to have conversations with them more than just <laughs> informing, but actual yes. deconstructing conversations a little bit? Um, it's been years, right? So I think when I think about that traditional, like, how did you come out question? Right. And where do you, how did that happen? For me, it, it wasn't a choice. Yeah. So quick story time. <laughs> <laughs> I, at this point in my life, um, I had been dating, you know, Mike for a few months and I was still, again, what is this? What am I? Do I need a label? Because that's a whole other topic. Right. What do you label yourself now? You know, people are like, you're a lesbian. You're a bisexual. I'm like, am I? You're poly. I'm like, am, like what? What? I don't understand what any of these terms mean. Right. Um, and there was so much pressure from the community to, like, label myself. Like, yeah. what are you? And I'm like, Karen, I'm, I'm just Karen. And I, I think I like this lady. And I'm still figuring that out. Yeah. Right? Um. So I was dealing with that and myself and doing some work internally. And at the time I was living, uh, I was renting out my parents' second floor apartment. So they live in, they have two stories. They live on the first floor and my brother and I were renting the second floor. Meg had dropped me off at some point. My mom is very nosy. <laughs> Mama Verdugo <laughs> knows all things. So she was, uh, she had been asking me for a couple of weeks, just like, Ay, mija, what's going on? Let's go. You, you talking to somebody? I'm like, ma, like, leave me alone. <laughs> like, I'm in my 30s. Please, like, back up. Right. And um, which, if you know anything about <laughs> Latina moms, like, they have no boundaries. So <laughs> she did not chill out. And one day, Meg dropped me off. It was at night, and I think she was starting to put things together that mm. she probably already knew from like how um, protective I was being about this relationship. And she called me the next day. So this is when I think about like coming out. This is the moment. I remember driving. I was driving into Smithfield. I was working out of um, 100 Salem at the time. And I was, uh, if, you know, my Rhode Islanders remember 295, you're, I'm on the highway and exit away. And I get a call from my mom at 730 in the morning, which is odd. I pick it up. I'm like, hey, mommy, what's going on? And she was like, who are you dating? Mm. That was the first thing. Wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> excuse me. And I, I, ha I knew what was happening, but I still tried to say, you know, I really need you to respect my boundaries. And she was like, you need to tell me what's going on. Wow. And at this point I felt like I had a, an important choice. Again, that discovery of who I am, who do I want to be? I'm like, I don't want to lie about this journey I'm going on. Yeah. So I finally broke down and told her, I was like, Yes. No, well, I said, I am dating someone. And she was, um, is it a woman? And I said, yes. And she hung up on me. Wow. And I went into work. And even now, like, you, like, I just get so worked up just thinking about it. I went into work shaking. I had to find, like, a, a, an office and just, like, sit there and just cry. Because I was like, mm -hmm. I the person that means the most in my life could potentially never talk to me again. Mm. And like that was to this day, probably one of the most gut wrenching moments of my life. Thinking that relationship was completely broken. Yeah. Um, good news. It's not, 
<laughs> it's not. And uh, Mama Berdugo is still very much in my life. Um, <laughs> but it took a lot of intentional steps. Yeah. And I was I felt really fortunate to be an adult. You know, I, I think about like what people have to go through that are still so young to handle some of these situations. Yeah. But I was an adult and I had adult money. You know, I was yeah. I was independent. I didn't need my parents. I wanted my parents in my life, but I didn't need them to provide for me. And so when I sat down with her several months later because she was avoiding me and I was like, this is happening. I sat her down. I said, I am still the same person. I still like my, your Colombian cooking, you know. I still like my empanadas and, <laughs> you know, all the things that come with our culture. I still love to dance. I love Vallenato music from Colombia. Like, I love, I'm still that same person that dreams and is still, like, a little OCD in some spaces, but also aloof in others. Like, I am still very much that person. Yeah. It's just that who I've chosen to date is not something, someone that you thought I was, you know, so it's like this, yeah. um, it's like this dream or this, this thing that she had made for me was broken. Yeah. And now she had to engage with me again and be like, well, who are you? Because it's not like who it wasn't when she was talking to me, it wasn't about who I was. It's who she wanted me to be. Right. And always that comparison between like, oh, you're not a doctor or you're not dating this person. Right. And now it's like, wait a minute. I never saw this coming. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you talked about both the pressure within the community, the yes. LGBTQ plus community about like, what are you? Yeah. And then you also talked about the pressure from your mom of, well, who are you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think in in parallels, it's really interesting of your, your Karen. Both answers right. are the same. Right. And I think it can become really difficult when people either intending to support. Yes. Or seeking to understand something that they perhaps were incorrectly assuming for so long. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about both groups. Um, to want to label an individual yeah. and mm -hmm. i think that becomes difficult because we aren't labels we're people we're people yes and when we start engaging with the individual then we understand ah this is karen right. and this is who she is and this is how wonderful she is and here's a little bit <laughs> more you. about her right right it's it, it was there was so much during that time and still today that i'm learning because i didn't grow up in the LGBTQ plus, you know, culture. Right. So there were things that I was like learning and I was like, what is, what are, what is this association with U-Hauls <laughs> <laughs> and Subarus and potentially like, you know, adopting pit bulls. I'm like, what is happening? Like, what are these now stereotypes that I have to take on? Like, honestly, like I was learning so much and there's like different types and who dates who and what. And I was like, what is this? Um, so, until this day, I'm still learning, right? So there are things I'm just like, okay, that's that's cool. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I, I've learned is that I don't need to explain myself to anyone. That. And I think the person I know, you know, one of my my friends were key. You know, yeah, Graham, Nicole were just so pivotal in that and being like, you don't need to explain yourself to anyone. Right. But also Meg created that space for me when I would say like, hey, like 
does it bother you that I don't like say I'm a lesbian? Cause I don't know if I'm a lesbian. Like, I don't know what that means. And she was right. like, I don't, she's like, listen, that's their problem. She's like, that's their need for a ti- uh, like a title or um, it's not yours. So don't give them one. And I was like, Oh, right. I don't have to do what people want me to do. <laughs> you know, like she yeah. always like, and she's a, a, a rebel in a lot of different ways. And we're very opposites in a lot of ways, why, which is why it works. Um, but I was like, you're right. I don't need to apologize. I could just say, this is my partner or this is my girlfriend and let them work on whatever they need to work on. Yeah. That's powerful. <laughs> Thank you. Um, when you're talking about your friends and your, your fiance yes. and your family and yeah. community that you've found, some would say found family, right? Or uh, your own fam- creating your own space. It's at the end of the year when we're recording this. And so people could be listening to it at any point in time, right? right? But the holiday season, I think, is something that's very top of mind here in the United States. And it is a time where a lot of people will get together with either um, the family that they maybe biologically came from or uh, were grew up in. Right. And then there's others that that is, a, that is a not a source of joy. And it is something where it's more seeking to f- spend more time with found family. And then there's also a lot of people that spend time with both, right? And right. so I want to know from your perspective, how has um, maybe the idea of acknowledging or, or celebrating or appreciating the mm-hmm. holiday season in your own way evolved over time with your, with your fiance right. and your friends you mentioned and, and maybe special memories that you've had? Yeah, so I, when I think about this time of year, it's um, it's very emotional for me. So I grew up in Rhode Island, and I'm currently living in Texas. So I've been here for the last five years. So less so much about like the because of the community, but more because of the distance between my family. Like I mentioned earlier, my my family has done an amazing job of like embracing us and really bringing us in. And there's still some things that you know we continue to work on, but we're separated by distance so that um natural kind of like growth that you have with your relationship and your family like it's it's taken a little bit longer to to work on but now (laughs) here in texas i have found uh, lots of friends and lots of people who are just super supportive and open um being part of the pride organization is something that has helped even aspire i was a part of the aspire team as well for a few years and just having those relationships where you can you know just ask like hey what are we doing because one thing i have learned about texans is that there's a lot of transplants so there are people who are looking for those moments where you can connect with others this weekend i had an ornament exchange that was (laughs) coordinated by one of our fidelity friends and how awesome was it to get together and just like exchange ornaments and just like you know there was a little bit of like hazing <laughs> for some of, the, <laughs> of these ornaments but it was just cool to be able to find those new routines yeah in a space that sometimes doesn't feel you know in a state sometimes that can feel a little stressful for me um but these are things that i continue to look to build and figure out like how how can i create more community and family that's core to me like I need that um but even with my family I still find ways to connect with them like we'll have um in the morning we're making breakfast for like Thanksgiving or if it's you know Christmas we'll like FaceTime each other and like it's 
there's always music going on in my family. <laughs> like yeah. since seven o'clock in the morning, there's music going on. There's hair, you know, the hair is getting done and makeup and <laughs> food is cooking. So it's always like so much fun to connect with them and like see what's going on and be part of it in our own like unique way. Yeah. And with my partner, she's getting to learn so much. She's never dated a Colombian, which, <laughs> you know, poor thing is <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> but, you know, and we just come with so many different things that she's like, what is that? I'm like, it's this. And she's like, that's so cool. So even seeing her learn about my culture through my family and, and me, um, it's just, it's a really cool experience. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. I want to know as we're wrapping up, um, I want to ask you, is there, or I would, let me position it this way. Mm-hmm. What advice would you have for someone? So two, two questions about advice. And well, I'll, do I need to I'll, write this down? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so one I would say is what advice do you have for someone who is looking to maybe celebrate um, this particular holiday season um, and navigate it in their own way with their own mm-hmm. found family? Okay. And then the second one is, a piece of advice for someone who may be listening and wanting to to learn more about themselves and come out, and what advice would you give them? Oof. Yeah, real easy questions. Yeah, Thanks. of course. Thank you, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> um, so the first one around like celebrating um, in your own unique ways. I th- I think we often feel the pressure to do the things that you see on like in social media, right? You're like, why am I not doing a photo shoot? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Should I be sending out Christmas cards with my cat? Big Ange? I don't know. Maybe I should. Um, So I think we often get so caught up in the things that we should be doing. And we have to stop and ask us like, what, well, what does this mean for me? And why is this time so special? Right. And find those things um, that really add to your life. And it doesn't feel like just doing to do it just because it's good to post it somewhere. Um, so for us, sometimes like in, in, in my tiny little home with, with our cats with the three of us, um, we like to make breakfast for Christmas morning. That's our thing. We, you know, it's a routine that we've created and we love doing it we still buy presents for each other and sit there and like we have matching outfits like you just have to find those things that you really enjoy um to make it unique like it's it's so easy to just get caught up and well they want me to do this and that person wants me to do that so just do what makes you happy yeah your second question (laughs) (laughs) um it's it's a tough one because I, I feel it's not like I'm in a place where I've done all of this work, right? I'm conti- it's a it's a work in progress for me when I think about um, how do you t- stay true to yourself, really, right? Um, taking time to think and be introspective, ask yourself those questions, it's so invaluable. We don't do that enough. Just take a stop, like just stop pull over, right? Just pull over on this like crazy ride that you're on and just ask yourself some really hard questions and sit with them. We don't have to have the answers. Sometimes they come a month later or five seconds later. You don't know. Um, My best advice is just to stop. Yeah. Take a second and be kind to yourself. Yes. Right? Like we, the words and (laughs) phrases we used to describe ourselves 
we would never use for other people. Yeah. And we're just so, <laughs> we're, we're so carefree with the way that we describe ourselves and the way that we, you know, say that this is who I am. So for me, it's really sometimes calling the moment, saying like, I'm not in a good place right now. I'm not thinking logically. I'm really worked up into what's going on. I need a moment and stop. So I think that's an answer to your second it question. Is, it is. Oh, <laughs> Karen, thank you for being out and proud. Oh, thank you for having me. If you would like to know more about how you can get started with Fidelity Investments today, go to fidelitycareers.com. That's fidelitycareers.com to get started on your Fidelity career today.